Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. Hello, all, and welcome to Conflicts, the podcast. It's me, your moderator, Laura, also referred to as Lulu because of that split personality disorder. And Nick is off busy matriculating. So today we are joined by Brad. Say hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. <laughs> and of course, resident dad joke, Rich. Hey, Rich. Hey, Rich. <laughs> and today we are covering 2019's Hobbs and Shaw. This was released in August of this year, stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Is he still Dwayne The Rock, or is he just Dwayne Johnson He's now? He's credited as Dwayne Johnson, but I think everybody's going to call him The Rock. You okay. Can't just, you can't just do that, you know? Well, this stars The Rock, Idris Elba, Jason Statham, is directed by David Leach, I think is how you say it, who's the guy who did Deadpool 2. And a brief synopsis of the film, when a cybernetically enhanced soldier with superhuman strength and a deadly virus that could destroy half the world's population appears, it brings Luke Hobbs and Deckard Shaw back together despite their differences to save humanity. Dun, dun, dun! I was hoping you guys were going to so, join in and do that in stereo. I held uh, that note for a really long time. Sound and effects. And you let me down. Sound effects provided by Lulu. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here all week. Trademark. DM. Ding. Uh, spoiler warning. You know the drill. A uh, couple fun facts about this movie. Dwayne Johnson's French bulldog is named Hobbs after his character in the movie and had a cameo in this movie, Aww. which I thought that was adorable because the dog is adorable. Um, Roman Reigns, who is apparently a wrestler person. I don't follow the wrestling, but I respect people who do, um, is actually Dwayne Johnson's cousin in real life and played the character of Mateo in this movie. So it really was a family affair. Oh, nice. And even though this is a, it's, it was marketed, how, okay, it was marketed confusing. It was The Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, I think. It's it's a part of that franchise, but since but they've like kind of deviated from the primary cast. Yes. Of the franchise, I thought that meant the franchise was over because I stopped watching Fast and Furious movies after What's-His-Face died because it made me sad. Haven't watched them in a minute. Apparently still alive and well. Fast and Furious 9 is coming in 2020 and 10 is coming in 2021. Jeez. Yep, they're still going. So they're still going and they're going to keep popping those out. It's probably going to be like James Bond and it's going to be, Welcome to Fast and Furious 287. Vin Diesel at 98 years old driving a Mark cart through Walmart. You laugh, but they're going to pull a, a Rocky and like number 12 is going to be amazing and win awards or something. You know, they'll just reboot oh, it in no. some fantastic way. Well, they already kind of did that once because like the third one was terrible and everybody was just like, oh, geez. And then it came back with it was the fourth or fifth one. I don't remember. It was really good again. And I've lost track of all of the Fast and Furious movies. As you can tell, I'm a huge fan of the franchise. You know, you can thank it for one thing, at least, uh, Gal Gadot. That's true. This that is, is where true. she kind of uh, made her way into the mainstream and as well as an action star. So were it not for her role, she may not have made Wonder Woman or at least been cast in Wonder Woman. Which Fast and the Furious movie was she in? She was in four or five. The one where they kind of like go international and it becomes more heisty than oh. car racy. Mm -hmm. She, I want to say she was dating an Asian fella. 
in she was she was uh, she was actually the girlfriend of the one who dies in the previous one because remember the, they're released out of times or right, of chronological right, right. sequence. So at the point in which that movie is taking place, the character that she is kind of attached to is already been killed in a previous movie, which happens later in the timeline. Because that's not confusing at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, I think it's the first one that they go international and it's real heisty. Okay, and she's in that one. I had forgotten it was her too, but Rich knows things. That's why we keep him around. Uh, yeah, it was Fast Five. So they didn't even call that one Fast and Furious. That's the one they just, just called Fast, fast Five. five. Yeah, Which can, so honestly fast. kind of sounds like a fast food restaurant. <laughs> like, welcome to Fast Five. What can we get you? Fast Five guys, burgers and fries. <laughs> That's really good. There you go. Look at you. All <laughs> quick-witted shit. We need to start a restaurant now. <laughs> Brad calls taglines. Uh, sure. All right. Let's dive into these reviews. I'm going to start with you, Rich. How do you grade this movie? I'm going to give it a C. Okay. Middle of the road. Here's why. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm the guy that enjoys a good action movie. And mm-hmm. for the most part, I enjoyed the action in this movie. Was it spectacular? Was it awesome? I really don't have a lot of high points to hit about it, but it wasn't bad either. For the checkout, watch some decent action. Sure. Jason Statham, Dwayne Johnson, both of them are pretty good at action movies. And honestly, they're probably better actors than people like to give them credit for. They're not amazing, uh, but they're also not terrible. So this is really their niche. And I think they fit well in the niche. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. But it really didn't have much more than that. If you want to watch some popcorn and want to watch a little uh, mindless action, then this is the movie for that. If you want anything else, eh, it's really not there. So I end up with a meh. So it was fun. Yeah. But expected. All right. How about you, Brad? Uh, I'm going to be almost on the same page as Rich. I gave it a C minus. Um, Ooh, there's the minus. uh, There's the minus. (laughs) I can only take so much high octane energy testosterone. Mm -hmm. And that's just 100% what this whole movie was. Um, And yeah, pretty much start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and this will kind of segue into another part later on, but I can only take sci-fi so far before it's like no that this this sort of sci-fi would not fit in this universe you're ruining it it's wrong oh so your uh, suspension of disbelief didn't hold for all of that oh yeah, no. there, there was a point idris elba crepo you know, the previous ones they've kept it fairly grounded you know everything yeah they're like it's difficult but it's kind of plausible you could sort of do all that you know they don't defy physics they don't redefine things so you know it's just fast cars yeah. and in this one is the one where they really went out there yeah yeah i mean Idris Elba, uh, <laughs> I really like him as an actor, but this mm-hmm. just this role was just just not not good. Yeah, the cast was amazing. I mean, really, they were, uh, but this wasn't something for them to shine in. No, um, you're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this movie gets a D. I wanted to give it a D minus, but I was like, there were moments I had fun, so it gets a D. Uh, it was predictable formulaic unoriginal kind of fun to watch in places i'll give it that the whole Samoan part was weird and what i mean by that is it felt shoehorned in in an inorganic way like it was awkward when dwayne johnson is wearing the native garb i don't know if they call it a lava lava in Samoa or if that's just in fiji there's like a mini haka in there like the use of the word uso over and over again like and i get that dwayne johnson is someone and he's proud of his heritage and i love that and i fully acknowledge i am sitting here as the whitest human being and i'm not trying to culturally appropriate or shame or anything i love that he wants to embrace his heritage but like fully embrace it it felt like totally disjointed and it didn't felt it didn't 
feel respectful and inclusive. It felt cheap and forced. Yeah, shoehorned is the way I felt when I when I watched that. And if you're gonna tell a story that involves your culture and heritage, like make that the whole story. Why can't the whole thing unfold on someone? It's beautiful. Film it there. Do the whole thing there. It was disjointed, and I. Okay, I have the exact line from the movie because I laughed so hard. I was crying and I had to go back and rewind it and make a note. Okay, in the end, when all of a sudden it's just magically raining and they're next to this waterfall in like a almost a cave surrounded by whatever. They fall. In, okay, so there's a helicopter and there's a whole thing and somebody lassoed the helicopter and don't even get me started on all of that. And then they're bringing the <laughs> helicopter down. And as the helicopter's coming down, the sun is out. And then the helicopter is down. And then the sun is not out and it's pouring down rain and storming everywhere. And they're at the base of this little cliff. And <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. Dwayne Johnson looks at Idris. <laughs> he looks at Idris Elba and he goes... <laughs> You may have all the technology in the world, but we have heart. <laughs> I, can't, I can't with that line. Who wrote that line? It's like the open to fortune cookie. <laughs> it's the Care Bears. <laughs> that, that, movie, that line right there sums up this movie with the bow on top. If you find that line poignant and meaningful, you will love this movie. <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> oh, I got to even check Cooper from that writing. Oh, that, that was a moment. Break out the defibrillator. Oh, I, I think God. Lulu's having a heart attack over here. She's... I just got to relive it in my head because he's making such a serious face and there's rain. And <laughs> it's like dripping down his face and Idris Elba's have, randomly having a crisis of conscience. Quick, have some more booze. Maybe it'll calm oh, you down. <laughs> that line sums up that movie perfectly. And that's why it gets a D. It doesn't quite fail. But it's not passing well. <laughs> it's not a failure, but it's a near failure. Exactly. It's, ding, 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 ding. It's failure adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> so that is how I feel about the festering turd that is Hobbs and Shaw. It's a shiny turd. They polish it well. But it's still a turd. Okay. I was waiting for somebody to make a <laughs> noise. Oh, we have to okay, make well. a poo noise. A poo noise. <laughs> well, that's pretty bad. Let's dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> um, For me, the good was Ryan Reynolds because hi, Deadpool. Oh, yes. And it was just, Ryan Reynolds is so wacky and fun in all the right ways, and I loved it. It just was a really fun cameo. Extended he's kind of, cameo? cameo. He's kind of at the top of his game right now. Yeah. And that was enjoyable. What about for you, Brad? What's the good here? Uh, so mine would be any of the, the clapbacks in the shade that was being thrown back and uh -huh. forth between Hobbs and Shaw. Exactly. I mean, that's what I came into this movie expecting, and they mm -hmm. definitely delivered throughout the whole thing. Um, I, outside of that... <laughs> 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 no. The you? action, well, uh, uh, the action itself was pretty good. Um, okay. Some pretty phenomenal scenes. Uh, just, just don't the story. Eh. Right, visually appealing, story wise, lacking. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, what about you, Rich? Uh, you know, for the best, I'm just simply going to say Helen Mirren, just because. Oh yeah. I, I think she's awesome. She and, is awesome. Uh, you know, just throw her in a movie, and, and I'm, I'm good. That instantly makes it better. She's such a badass. She really is. 
You know, she has that wonderful way of being just so classy and coming off as so powerful as well. But she's also so talented. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Oh, she's so talented. So give me more of that. That's fine. Actually, give her a movie. Where's her spinoff? I'm yeah. good at that. All right. Where there's a good, there's a bad. For me, I'm the opposite of you, Brad. It was the excessive unfunny one-liners is what I wrote. There were too many. And most of them, I was just like, that's not funny. That's dumb. I say that. Don't do that. It's not funny. Well, I mean, I laughed. (laughs) Aren't you special? Well, Brad thought it was funny. So (laughs) Brad has no taste. Uh, uh, Well. (laughs) (laughs) When you're right, you're right. What What was bad for you, Brad? Um, Aside from your horrible taste in (laughs) (laughs) one-liners. Right. Uh, Outside of those, which were delicious. Uh, Anything with Idris Elba, his his character, the the whole uh, I'm black Superman bitch. I think that's uh-huh. like, I'm the bad guy. Uh, some of those were really tacky and stupid. Um, didn't understand any of his motivation whatsoever. Right. Um, Got to be honest. I've watched like the first three Fast and the Furiouses, and then I cut out somewhere. In right. There. Is that how you, you lost interest? Yes, that is that is the grammatically correct pluralization of the Fast and the Furious franchise, Fast and the Furious. This, this, this. Yeah. If, if any grammar Nazis listen to this podcast, please send us hate mail. <laughs> Direct to Laura. <laughs> so, I just didn't understand where he was coming from at all. So right. just, nope, hard veto, hard pass. Well, they kind of sh- stuck in a couple lines, but it wasn't enough for it to make sense. You're just like, okay, you were friends and now you're not, but why are you psycho? Yeah, and listening to some disembodied robot voice. And trying thing. to destroy the whole world did make no sense. Yeah. What about you, Rich? You know, I'm on a similar vein, but I'm going to phrase it differently. I felt like the movie never made it past the pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we were sitting in the pitch meeting for that movie and they explained what was happening, it sounds like, okay, that sounds good. Let's do that. And then they never actually expanded the characters anymore. You talk about not understanding the motivations for Idris Elba's character. I didn't understand any of their motivations. Now, you don't need to have this to be a super in-depth movie. But at the same time, you're supposed to go with that, that kind of buddy cop feel between Hobbs and Shaw. But they don't like each other. You know, we've done this before in movies and we've done it well. This just didn't really pull it off. You know, I, I hearken back to like Tango and Cash. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was a great example of two people that are kind of in the buddy cop movie, but they don't like each other and they're thrust together in this way. And you look at the way they interacted and the way they changed over the course of the movie. And that was kind of a mind-numbing action movie as well. This movie, they, nothing nothing really changed in my mind. I didn't find any motivations. I didn't understand their characters in any way whatsoever other than, hey, here's the primer. Uh, these guys don't like each other, but they have to work together and go. So I, I just felt like that was pretty, eh, eh, eh. Like the whole movie. Eh, eh. <laughs> sure, I'll watch it. But I'm probably not watching that thing again. The popcorn was good, though. I don't like popcorn. Mm. Have you Have you ever had my popcorn? No. Because I, I I don't do like microwave popcorn. I like have a a, a special uh, pot that I make popcorn oh. in, and I pop it like the old fashioned well, way. Well, next time we have a movie night, I'm requesting popcorn. I actually have uh, some really good truffle salt that I sprinkle oh, on it. Ooh. I am there. Which, well, most people don't think it sounds good. I'm telling you, just a little bit of truffle salt on the popcorn. Oh, I'm there. It, it's awesome. Well, that's Pretty not sweet. a good segue, but I'm diving in anyway, because <laughs> it's time be, for the female factor. Be the pepper to my salt. <laughs> put, put the oh, truffle in my popcorn. I love that I can count on you for a dad joke, Rich. They, that's why you're here. Almost sound oddly inappropriate. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why, because they really don't get there in any way, but, but there oh, you go. Back to the female factor. This one was actually difficult for me, because despite 
disgusting moments like Shaw using She-Hulk as an insult at Hobbes and Hobbes' excessive use of sweetheart to address unnamed women he encountered. This movie actually tried really hard to be a more evolved action movie. The character of Hattie, the way that she was written and treated in the movie, was a major improvement from the treatment ladies usually get in the entire genre. They made a conscious effort to exclusively use the word woman, never girl or chick or whatever other mildly demeaning term that usually gets used in the place of woman. The lady even got to drive in an action sequence, which may not sound like much, but think back to all the action movies you've seen through the years and how many times was a lady driving during a car chase. Not many. I still find the genre as a whole problematic with its treatment of female characters, but I very much appreciated that this movie tried to be better. Pleasantly surprised on that front. I could tell that they made a concerted effort, and I was not expecting that. You know, we actually had a discussion last night with a group of friends where we were talking about, you know, that kind of the evolution of the the female action star. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we look back at some of the early ones that were there that a, a lot of people don't necessarily like to give enough credit. You know, we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the Ripley and the Sarah Connors mm-hmm. that were those early female action stars that just nailed it. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes... We not only want to see more than that, but we want people to remember those roles because some of the ones that are being, I don't want to say forced in, but in some ways they do feel that way. You know, they they want to have it there, but then they don't give it a reason to be there and give them something to latch on to. You know, that was kind of the nature of the conversation. Don't just add girls. Yeah. It's not the, you know, you can't have the token female. You know, if, if there's going to be females in the story, write them into the story. Don't just have a story and, oh, by the way, look, there's some girls. You know, yeah. they, they need to be there. Let them own it. And, you know, we just really had that conversation. And I, I, I see what you're saying where they really tried to give her a role and not just say, oh, by the way, here mm-hmm. is a female. Well, And nobody was running around. You know, he wasn't playing the quote unquote protective older brother who's like, oh, she can't be here. I have to protect her mm-hmm. because she is the weaker of us and you can't come with us and you have to stay here. Like he he knew that she was perfectly capable and could take care of herself and wasn't trying to, you know, hide under the guise of being the overprotective. But you made an interesting point about the uh, the Ripleys and the Sarah Connors and all of that. And what's really interesting is that those characters are at this point almost 30, over 30 years old. Oh, yeah. They've been around a while. So if we can create really badass female action characters that are fully sussed out 30 years ago. Why has the genre not progressed further than that? What I find funny about that is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at somebody like uh, Ripley. You know, you get you get aliens. That, that's a good role because, like I said, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it really was. And you take the the machoist of the macho guys, the you know the the testosterone driven guy that some of these action movies are really marketed towards and meant for, and none of them are going to complain about Ripley. Yeah. Everybody's going to love those movies. Well, maybe not some of the later ones, but, you know, you know, you look at Alien and Aliens. Those are universally enjoyed. Uh, I could find any group of guys who say, hey, do you want to sit down and watch Aliens with me? And they're going to be like, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, You know, so I find it interesting that the fact that she was a female seems to be completely irrelevant, you know, in that context. And, you know, culturally, you have to wonder why did that work so well? Because she was a well-written, complex human character who 
could carry the story. So if you write a complex, fully sussed out human character, all of a sudden gender becomes irrelevant. But most of the films in this genre don't have any fully sussed out characters that you care that much about like this. It's all formulaic and just let's fill in the blanks and they're not complex and they're not interesting. So then all of a sudden gender becomes an issue and you need a big tough guy like Dwayne Johnson or Jason Statham to play the stereotypical guy character. And then you need eye candy to play the stereotypical girl character. And while they change the stereotype in this movie, it is still, you know, you change her character to being the damsel in distress and she still visually fits the bill. And there's no, there's no grit and there's no realness to it. And that's what people are looking for at the end of the day, whether they know it or not. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think that making certain that there's a character there is what's most important uh, more than anything else. And I, I don't like it when movie makers forget that. I like that they want to be inclusive, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't like when they take and they just ignore the idea of making it a good story and making good characters just because we want to be inclusive. Yeah. But I will say if this movie, this super formulaic and predictable action movie can make the attempts and the strives that it did in this genre, other genres and other storytellers need to step up their game because this was a huge blockbuster success internationally and people still came to see it despite it having an empowered female character and it's 2019 people are ready for that and hollywood still hasn't caught up i'm ready for it you know what yeah. i would think we need it's a female james bond wouldn't that be cool yes. that would just a good transition that would be if, perfect if they, once again i'll go back to the, if they can come up with a good way to make that movie happen you can't just say there's a female James Bond. Right. There, there's got to be a good story behind it. A good passing of the torch yeah. that works. Yeah, there's got to be a way that that makes sense. Uh, you know, you can't just ignore story. Or you get back to what I was saying before where it's like, look, it's just James Bond, but she's female. And that's that, that, doesn't, that doesn't give me anything. Sure. Um, but, you know, you give me a good story behind it, and I'm all for it. I love that. Unlike this movie. <laughs> <laughs> trying to come up with a quippy out here guys anybody got anything i'm just so underwhelmed by the movie it no, sapped the, the creativity out of me the movie didn't really have any quippy outs either so why would this episode well <laughs> uh in the immortal words of Dwayne the rock johnson you may have all the technology in the world but we, we have, have heart, heart. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>